Hello and welcome to a Black Friday edition of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. As always, I am your host, Ian McLaren, and today we're going to recap this afternoon's comeback win over the New York Rangers, take a look at Sunday's game against the Montreal Canadiens, and also wrap up, or kind of, the Bill Peters situation in Calgary. Coming at you a bit later in the day, as I wanted to wait until after this afternoon's game, uh, which was uh, a bit of a up and down affair, started down and ended on a high note, obviously. Uh, before we get to that, I want to remind you that you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at Ian C. McLaren. And please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and uh, download, rate, and review. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Again, this is a Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Uh, please forgive me if you hear any background noise at the moment. It is uh, Friday evening. I have three small sons upstairs, uh, currently engaged in a very healthy round of uh, horseplay. So uh, if you hear any cries or screams in the background, uh, just know everything's going to be fine and uh, we'll take care of it as needed. Bruins, of course, played this afternoon wearing their new alternate jerseys, mostly black with a gold B and a gold white stripe on the sleeves. Uh, they looked very sharp, uh, although the Bruins did not early on as they uh, came out fairly sluggish and were outshot uh, 11-7 to in the first period. They were outscored uh, 1-0 in that period as Pavel Buchnevich scored at 14-14 at the first uh, the second period, they were also outshot, uh, 11 to 8, and uh, they went down 2 nothing thanks to Philippe Chittil, who scored at the 621 mark of the second period. It was not looking good for the Bruins at that point. They had taken a few penalties, um, but thankfully, late in the second period, Shankarali uh, scored thanks to a little help from Hedrick Lundqvist, who kind of knocked the puck into his own net. Uh, David Pasternak scored his league-leading 24th goal of the season early in the third period, and that tied the game up, where uh, it remained until overtime when David Pasternak made an incredible individual effort to uh, bring the puck into the Rangers' zone, and then as the defense and Lundqvist were keying in on him, he Passed it back to David Krejci, who fired the puck into the net for uh, the game-winning goal, his fifth of the season. Pasternak got the primary assist, his 17th uh, assist of the season, bringing his point total to, if I can do some quick math here, 41 points on the season. Um, after the game, head coach Bruce Cassidy, he said, uh, you know, I know our team is eventually going to find their game. Uh, I want them to find it sooner, and eventually we did get to our game and play our type of game. Lately, we found ways to win because we've got good players, we're a good team, but we're trying to get to that 60-minute game like everyone else in the National Hockey League. So as a coach, that's what you're always looking at a little bit, the result, but also the process. Uh, the Bruins, of course, were playing their third game in the span of 86 hours, uh, having played in Montreal and Ottawa two nights prior to the Thanksgiving holiday, 
and then coming back with the matinee here. So it's a bit understandable that they got off to a slow start, but as the Bruins certainly have found ways to do this season, uh, their skill level always seems to uh, shine when it's needed the most. And even with Patrice Bergeron out of the lineup again, uh, we saw Pasternak and Krejci play the roles of a hero with some nice little secondary scoring coming from Sean Corrali to give the team a boost uh, when they really needed it. Uh, Krejci said it felt pretty good when we were going. The energy was pretty good. We felt it on the bench. I got the puck to Pasta. He made a good play. Pretty much an open net is how he described uh, his part in the game-winning goal, which um, certainly was the case if you saw the replay. If you haven't, I highly recommend that you do because uh, it was quite a play and definitely shows off uh, Pasternak's incredible skill set. Not only can he uh, score with reckless abandon, he's also able to uh, make some pretty nice um, passes as well, and also uh, just deking into the zone like that. Playing it off his skate was uh, incredibly, incredibly impressive. Krejci led the way for the Bruins with uh, two points, a goal and an assist. Pasternak also had a goal and an assist, while Jake DeBrusque chipped in. Uh, with two assists, all three leading the way. Brad Marchand with a rare off day, uh, recording no points, uh, but he's still among the top three scorers in the NHL. There are still some games to be played at the time of uh, this recording here Friday evening, but uh, Marchand is third in the NHL with 41, oh, sorry, 43 points, 18 goals, 25 assists. Pasternak is in fourth with 24 goals, 17 assists for 41 points. They both trail uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid uh, for the league lead, and I believe they are playing uh, later this evening. Actually, no, so that should stand for the rest of the day. Uh, Pasternak's 24th goal puts him six clear of Marchand and McDavid in the Rocket Richard Trophy race. That quartet, uh, the four plus four players with 40 points through the first two months of the season. It's the first time that's happened since 1992-93. With Mario Lemieux, Pat LaFontaine, Yari Curry, Mark Recchi, old friend of the Bruins, and Joe Sackick uh, reaching that mark through the first uh, two months of the season. So uh, Marchand and Pasternak putting themselves in elite company there. Uh, David Pasternak as well with his um 12 goal a month he's the fourth player in nhl history with 12 plus goals in each of the first two months of a season the other was mario lemieux mike bossy and wayne gretzky did it twice so he scored 12 in october 12 in november uh, putting himself in elite company uh to begin the season uh so very strong start obviously for the bruins they are now 18, 3, and 5, 41 points ahead of the Washington Capitals now by two, but they're playing at the, at the moment. Their plus 32 goal differential is also tops in the league. Um, so they're the clear number one team uh, to date in my eyes and in the eyes of many with uh, their next game coming up Sunday against the Montreal Canadiens. The Bruins have now won six in a row with points in... Uh, 10 straight. They have not lost in regulation since a 4-2 defeat at the hands of the Detroit Red Wings, which uh, well, let's not talk about that. Then they lost the two shootout games to Philadelphia, Florida. The comeback 
being part of that Panthers game where they were up four nothing and and eventually lost, and then they beat the Maple Leafs in regulation, lost to the Capitals in a shootout a couple weeks ago, and then it's been uh, four regulation wins and two overtime wins in the time since. Next up will be the Montreal Canadiens, who are trending in the other direction. The Bruins will have a rare Saturday off after their busy stretch over the last few days. They'll be next in action against the Montreal Canadiens, this time within the friendly confines of TD Garden, although it shouldn't really matter because the last time these two teams played was just a couple nights ago on Tuesday, and the Bruins won 8-1. to The Canadians, in fact, are in the middle of a six-game losing streak, and they have allowed uh, 20 goals over their last three games. Losses to the Rangers, the Bruins, and the New Jersey Devils uh, just on Thursday evening. So very tough times uh, for the Canadians and old Bruins head coach Claude Julien. Hopefully the Bruins can continue to take advantage of that. The Canadians will be playing Saturday uh, in the afternoon against the Philadelphia Flyers at home before traveling to Boston for the game on uh, Sunday. So hopefully the Bruins can take advantage of that fatigue. Carey Price certainly hasn't been very sharp as of late. And uh, the way that the Bruins are rolling right now, we'll see if Patrice Bergeron is able to come back for that one. But uh, if not, it's come to the point where the Bruins um, can pretty confidently ice a lineup that is uh, able to win on any given night, even without Bergeron, which is, is pretty crazy to say. We'll see if Jack Stanika remains with the team or if Brendan Gauntz uh, gets the call if Bergeron can't go, but that's something to keep an eye on over the weekend to see if he is able to practice and skate on Sunday in advance of that game. As for the leading scorers in Montreal, guys to watch out for, Thomas Tatar leads the team with 22 points. Uh, Shea Weber has 20 points and a bit of a resurgence for him. And Brendan Gallagher, uh, Philip Deneau, Max Domi, also guys to watch. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, of course, and Paul Byron are out uh, due to injury. Sending wise I mentioned Gary Price has been struggling. He's currently rocking an 897 uh, save percentage, and that uh, drops dramatically over the last three games, as I mentioned. In November... Uh, he's at an 883. Uh, the save percentage over his last three games, 853, 545, a game in which he was pulled uh, against the Bruins, and then 824. So uh, the Bruins certainly can take advantage of uh, Gary Price and the Canadians. I wouldn't say it's all on him. There's been some defensive deficiencies, which is rare for a Claude Julien-led team. Uh, but the Bruins uh, should be able to take advantage of uh, the Canadians to begin the month of December on a strong note. Uh, we'll look at next week's schedule a bit more in depth on um, Monday, but it is a busy week. Uh, the, after the game on uh, Sunday against the Canadians, they'll remain home for the next three games, playing, uh, hosting the Hurricanes, who they met in the conference finals last year, then a game Thursday against the Blackhawks, and then a game Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche who are uh, quite tough uh, this season. The Bruins' first loss of the season came at the hands of the Avalanche. But we'll look at that a bit later, uh, or sorry, early next week, uh, to tee up uh, the week ahead. 
wrap up this week's podcast with a conclusion for now to the Bill Peters situation in uh, Calgary. Oh, Henry just popped by. Do you want to say hello, Henry? <laughs> say hi. Hello. That's my son, Henry, popping on the podcast, making a guest appearance. Um, so, yes, news broke uh, Friday that Bill Peters is out as head coach of the Calgary Flames. He had been investigated after allegations by uh, Akeem Alou uh, with regards to a racial slur uttered uh, over about a decade ago when both were members of the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, Bradshaw Living announced that this morning, I received a letter of resignation from Bill Peters, which I accepted. Effective immediately, Bill Peters is no longer a member of the Calgary Flames organization. Uh, the allegation first came to light on Monday as uh, Peters and the Flames were playing in uh, Pittsburgh, I believe. Um, True Living said, The subject matter we've been dealing with over the last few days is difficult. It's hard. does not in any way reflect the core values of the Calgary Flames. It's been a difficult time, but we are going to move forward. I met with our players this morning, and we are ready to move beyond this and focus on the game on the ice. Now, there still remains some questions about how... Uh, the Flames went about hiring Peters in the first place when uh, this history uh, precedes him, whether or not they knew about it, uh, whether or not they knew about the physical abuse allegations levied against him by Mikhail Jordan uh, when he was with the Carolina Hurricanes, which was corroborated by now Hurricanes head coach uh, Rod Brindamore. So obviously there's something wrong with their vetting process. Um, but... Uh, uh, Peters' resignation allows for, uh, you know, obviously there's some sort of uh, severance that occurred there. Uh, if they just straight out fired him, there would have been some legal ramifications in terms of uh, what he was owed by the team because it happened prior to uh, his time with the Flames. Um, I mentioned uh, in yesterday's podcast about how Peters had offered that uh, pretty weak apology, um, but... It seems now that he will be um, facing some measure of uh, discipline from the league as well. Uh, the NHL said, The league has been in regular communication with the Calgary Flames management, and a review of this serious matter is ongoing. This uh, was announced pro after the news of his resignation. There are meetings scheduled with relevant individuals, including Aki Malou, in the coming days. We will have no further comment at this time. Um, the fact that the Flames uh, got away from just straight out firing Peters and that he was able to save some face that way uh, is kind of disappointing, a bit of a weak resolution in my mind. But I believe uh, the NHL still has some work here to do and hopefully they will uh, implement further measures uh, kind of banning him from coaching in the league for quite some time, although I don't know why anyone would want to add him to their staff uh, anytime soon. To go back to the due diligence aspect, Bradshaw Living said, "We were we aware of any of these types of allegations? Categorically, no. In terms of due diligence, we do due diligence. We do a full scrub on any hire, and I did speak to previous employers of Bill. That brings up the situation in Seattle where uh, Ron Francis uh, general manager of the expansion team. It's believed, or it was reported by uh, Rod Brindamore, that the issue of the physical abuse 
Peters punching, kicking uh, Jordan and others on the bench was brought to Francis. Uh, there was no uh, visible discipline. Obviously, he was retained. And uh, if Treliving did contact his former employer, Peters' former employer, that being Ron Francis, then um, the fact that that wasn't brought up is a bit of a red flag on the part of Francis uh, for not disclosing that uh, to the Flames. Or if the Flames were aware, then um, that's a bad look as well. This is not the end of these kind of stories by any means, I don't believe. If you follow Dan Carcillo on Twitter at CarbBombBoom13, which I highly recommend, you'll see that he's been gathering stories um, and sharing some stories on Twitter about other instances of abuse, um, which uh, credit to him for doing that. I know that some play, some people have called him out for um, kind of the duplicitous nature, perhaps the fact that he uh, was a bit of a terror on the ice um, and uh, now kind of uh, making a turn and helping to be a voice for people who need it. Uh, he said, as for media members who are trying to attack my character on ice playing style, the way I played and how I treated people off the ice was a direct reflection of the hockey environment I grew up in. I was bullied and became a bully. I was abuse and I'm guilty of abuse. If there are stories out there about me, please bring them forth so I may have the chance to apologize and take ownership. I changed my life around when I was 25 by asking for help facing the person I had become, and making amends with people who I've wronged. To the victims who are brave enough to come forward and share your stories with Carcillo, he said, I understand that you're scared. I was too. I understand that some of you don't want to continue forward because of the abuse and backlash you are already receiving. You may not realize it now because you haven't experienced life outside of the hockey world bubble, but how you have been treated is not right and it is abuse. Telling your story will save someone from the same unnecessary suffering in the future, and there still is life outside of hockey. Uh, I really echo uh, Carcillo's message there. I admire uh, him uh, making the most of his platform to really change things, to not allow history to repeat itself, to not allow young players to go through what he did or to become what he did on the ice. And he said, finally, my hope is that enough Young men continue to wake up from this type of abuse, share their stories, and begin the recovery process for themselves and for many others who notice their strength. Uh, and I just uh, can't say it any better than that. I echo that entirely. And um, just all credit in the world to anyone who uh, is able to muster the courage to come forward and share their stories. And hopefully, as I've been saying, we can continue to put a spoke in the wheel of this type of behavior in the hockey world. Uh, I wanted to mention one other thing from the Bruins game, and that was uh, Brad Marchand was quite upset at the fact that he was pulled into the uh, dark room, do they still call it that, by concussion spotters. Uh, he received an elbow from Jacob Truba in the second period, and then he went through the whole intermission uh, without hearing from anyone, and that was pulled to begin the third period, and he was quite upset that it took that long for it to happen. Uh, he was cleared to return, and hopefully he's all right, that symptoms don't crop up later, but that was an interesting observation from him about that. Um, anyways, that has been this week's uh, episodes of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. This is episode 45. 
It's hard to believe we've been at this for nine weeks now, but I appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen, uh, to rate and review the show, to tell someone about the podcast. Uh, It really means a lot, and I uh, am excited to continue on with this, uh, what's shaping up to be seemingly a memorable season, uh, regular season at least. And um, I really appreciate, like I said, everyone who's uh, taken time to show some support in any way for the podcast. Again, this is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm going to go finish up this Thornberry cranberry apple cider that I've been enjoying throughout this recording. Uh, And I hope you all have a great weekend. You can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. Follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And we'll be throwing some tweets up there uh, through the Canadians game. And if anything, uh, Bruins wise breaks over the weekend. Uh, Have a great rest of your holiday weekend, friends. And we'll catch up with you again on Monday.